Hello, everyone. I'm back, and I'm very, very well rested. No, I'm not. But it's okay, because that's what we do here. It's been a while. I have a lot of things to say, because I haven't recorded any any content at all in the last week, and so there's a lot of things that have happened in the last week. So I'm here. I'm your host, Khalil, and you can find me on social media and all that other stuff, whatever. And... I'm joined by Yed, as always, who's sitting there and is going to make sure I don't lose the entire audience in my ramblings. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Yeah, had a nice weekend. How about you? I had a good weekend. Busy weekend. The Super Bowl, that was fun. The movie trailers that came from the Super Bowl, even more fun. So, you know, always good stuff. Now, the one thing I will say, because I, you know, there's about 400 different things I want to talk about. Some of that stuff will be delegated to the the future, and I'm also going to make other videos like for the YouTube channel later, so you can go find the CB Media Network YouTube channel, and then you can just see my other opinions on things, because some of the stuff I'm not going to waste your time talking about now, because I'm a nice person. Also, we're going to try to keep this to an hour, because we just to prove that we can, you know, for anyone listening, that we can actually just talk to an hour. But yeah. I think that's it. Everything. So let's start talking about sports. Not the Super Bowl, though. We're going to talk about other sports. So I have a question for you. When, so when you think about cable, what do you think people watch on cable? If you have cable, what, would, what do you think people would watch on it? I'd say maybe news, uh, the weather, things like that. Sports. Sports is a very right. big one on cable as well. News and sports, right? Those are the two that I was kind of hoping for, for you to say. So, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, but for the longest time, people talk about the death of, of cable, right? With the rise of streaming. And people are like, oh, cable's going to die. And then, you know, cable just kind of survived mainly just because of sports and the news, right? And you can kind of see the people who still subscribe to cable are the people who like watching sports and who like watching the news, right? There's a very specific demographic in which cable is still a very big part of their lives and where streaming is not, right? That might change as of a few days ago. Do you know why? Let me know. So a few days ago, I think five days ago at this point, Disney, who owns ESPN, Fox Sports, which is, you know, or Fox, which owns Fox Sports. Fox doesn't really exist anymore outside of like news and sports. And HBO or Warner Media or Warner Bros. Discover, whatever they're called now, who own AT&T, or not AT&T, TNT, that's the sports one, have all come together and said that they will be basically creating a collective streaming service, which is going to have all of these different sports properties, so the ESPN stuff, the Fox Sports stuff, and the TNT stuff. And this is a big deal, because first of all, this these three major companies are collaborating, which is very rare to see. But it also means that you're basically getting a direct-to-consumer kind of cable thing, right? Because if you think about the kind of sports that this encompasses, right? You've got the NBA. You've got a lot of the NFL except for Sunday Night Football, which is, which is NBC, which is, who's, who are not a part of this, and Monday Night Football, which is, which is – or Thursday Night Football, which is Amazon, sorry. And so you've got a bunch of football. You've got half of the Olympic stuff, I think half of it's owned by NBC, half of it's not. And you've got all the college sports because all college basketball is ABC. 
Uh, and I'm not going to get through, continue to go through this, but basically they're going to create this kind of collective platform, which is a big deal. Now, this could legitimately mean the end of cable for, for a few reasons. One, over from 2020 to 2023, the people who watch Fox News, which is the most watched cable news program over those years, has decreased substantially year over year, right? And then the people who watch ESPN, which is the most watched sports program on cable, has increased year over year from 2020 to 2023. If they take away some of that because of the, you know, the lack of emphasis on cable, you could legitimately see the only people who go to cable are people who are there to watch the news. And that and that's even declining as it is just because, you know, now if you want to watch the news, you don't watch the news. You just go on, on YouTube or you're on your phone or on your newspaper app, right, depending on your age, right? So it's a very interesting thing where you could have this kind of, you know, massive streaming service which is basically just cable but as a streaming service but then also have again and the other part of this which is interesting is espn actually and and fox sports and 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 warner media this warner bros discovery they can all actually still have their own streaming services outside of this so you know it's interesting i don't know what do you think about this i think they're definitely trying to monopolize it Oh yeah, and it's working, and uh, people are gonna buy it, and it's gonna end well. Yep. And though, but and I think you know, there's talk about bundling it, and you know, kind of trying to get you know make it all work with like you know the other streaming services. You you'll basically be able to get like a bundle of like you know Hulu, Disney Plus, this new streaming thing, plus you know HBO Max or whatever. That's the streaming service. I think it's still called HBO Max, but you'll be able to get all of those things together for like you know whatever 300 bucks a month or whatever it ended up being which is you know a decent deal comparatively to what it would be individually and that's kind of what it's going to be right so it's interesting it's definitely an it's interesting to see companies work together because that's not something you often see and it'll be interesting to see if nbc actually gets in on this eventually or if amazon does even though they kind of already do their own streaming thing as it, like amazon does on amazon prime video obviously but yeah, anyways, that, that's kind of just the weird tangent to start off. Now, let's talk a little bit about some other stuff that happened with Disney, because Disney is really the center of a lot of this news. So Taylor, Taylor Swift, because again, you know, we've done, I think, 12 episodes of this podcast or 13 or something like that, right? And now two of those episodes will involve us talking about Taylor Swift, because, you know, that's just kind of how things work now. It's a kind of unfortunate, if we're being honest. Anyways... So Taylor Swift is being, is going to be, or the Taylor Swift movie. Do you remember we talked about this a while ago? You know, yep. like the Eras tour. Eras tour movie. Yeah. So this is going to, a souped up version of this film will stream exclusively on Disney plus starting March 15th under the extended title, Taylor Swift, the Eras tour, Taylor's version. Uh, it'll include the song cardigan as well as, four other acoustic songs not f included in the theatrical or video on demand releases and so and this will be streaming obviously on disney plus so that means disney just you know probably saved disney plus in terms of any sort of debt like even if, if you want to see the biggest uptick in subscribers i mean you know that that this is exactly what's going to do it and so i don't think you'll get it but i'm gonna ask you anyways how much do you think they paid for this I'll just tell you, it's multiple millions of dollars. How much they paid? For mm. this movie, yeah. And just in terms of like the purchase price, not any back deals they have about, you know, how 
extra bonuses based on get on views or subscribers. Just a pure like, you know, purchase price up front. Maybe 50, 60 million? You're actually very close. No, $75 million, hmm. which is insane. And now just now this is not the first time that Disney's done something where they've they've thrown a $75 million check at someone in order to get a massive property to instantly increase subscribers. So I guess now like four, three, four years ago, wow, Disney did this exact same thing when they bought Hamilton, the musical, that that Broadway version for $75 million. Again, the same same price. At the time when they bought the Hamilton musical, and I'm pretty sure this is still the case. This was the case until at least today, or at least, you know, is now Disney's done this twice. But basically, the amount they paid for Hamilton at the time was the most money paid for a finished movie ever for a streaming service. And they did the, that again for, for the Taylor Swift thing. Again, it's going to be instantly profitable for them. So it's not like they're losing money, but it's just interesting, I think. I don't know. Will I be doing audio commentary on this thing? Not once it goes to Disney Plus, probably. Do I want to? I don't know. We'll find out. But yeah, anyways, this is an interesting thing. I'm not, you know, Disney's really just trying to make some money here and I can't blame them for that, you know? So Disney is not only investing in, in, in Taylor Swift movies, they're also investing in Fortnite. Yeah, that's right. Disney... Disney really at their earnings call just decided to throw all of the craziness out there. So Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, the former CEO and now the current CEO after replacing the moron Bob Chapak, Chapak, whatever his name is, the other bald guy named Bob who ran the company, uh, he announced that a huge Disney universe that will be for gaming and for play and for watching and even for shopping for digital goods and maybe ultimately physical goods that will kind of live alongside Fortnite and be completely interconnected with Fortnite is going to happen, right? So I don't play Fortnite at all. Basically, the last time I played it, I think was like, you know, whenever they had that Thanos event, I've not played it since then. I am bad at video games and therefore I decide not to play them. I don't know. Are, are you a video game guy? Do you play video games? Do you play Fortnite? I mean... I do play video games, yeah, but Fortnite specifically, no, not my uh, cup of tea. So it, this is interesting because they're basically investing, I think it's $1.3 billion. I might have that number wrong, but it's something in, in that range probably. And what they're trying to do, uh, from my understanding of it, is they're trying to make some form of a competing, but yet not really competing version of like Fortnite. And but with Disney characters, right? And so, again, I don't know what they're doing with this. You know, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And I think I would probably refer to people who understand video games more or wait for, for more details if we're being, like, you know, totally fair here. But I don't know if this is a good idea in one sense. Because, you know, if you're a Fortnite player right now, would you be going to this game, right? Like, would you, the Fortnite's been, is a massive profitable success and we all understand that. If you're someone who watches or uh, plays Fortnite, would you be going to this game? Unless it's free and I think it, it looks like it'll probably be free. I don't know how interconnected to Fortnite it'll be. Like, is it going to be its own game? Is it going to kind of be some sort of like, you know, v VR? Like, is it going to be a VR thing? Because like when you say like shopping for 
physical goods and watching and 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 playing like what are we talking about here i don't know so i'm gonna go to a weird example here which you know i guess now is like very very old but you know i guess about a decade ago maybe more which was like 2013 2014-ish time right there and maybe even before that if we're being honest i don't remember but there was a, so the when the Xbox Connect came out, you know, do you remember that? Do you remember the Xbox Connect? Yeah, that was, was quite a while ago. Yeah, was, I haven't I had an Xbox Connect as fun. They had a Star Wars game that was so much fun. I'm telling you, I that that was that was VR before VR. You know, that where you just be moving around and the thing would be moving on the th- on the TV and there was no controller. That 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 was great stuff. Now, they had this game called. I'm not going to remember the name. Some like Disney's Magical Kingdom or something like that. And basically what this game was, it was like this, it was, you were like a person in Disney World, right? Or in this like souped up version of Disney World, pretty much. And you would basically get to go around, do quests, talk to characters, whatever, right? At the time, it was a very big game, I think. I got it because it was Disney and I like Disney. But this feels like a version of that, right? Where you're going to kind of have some version of like an a big Disney World kind of on the internet thing, right? Where you could kind of go to stores, buy things, right? Where you could kind of do all this stuff, but obviously not actually go anywhere and just be on the internet. But Disney also doesn't have a great history with games. Disney does licenses licenses out most of their games. And this is them doing kind of a version of that. It's not really a license out because they are kind of going to be more creatively involved. I'm going to actually read you a quote here from Bob Iger. This represents, so quote, this represents probably our biggest foray to the game space ever, which I think is not only timely, but an important step when you look at the demographic trends and look at where Gen Alpha and Gen Z and even millennials are spending their time in media. And he added, it's pretty dramatic in terms of the amount of time spent in games in fact some demographics are equal to or greater than how people are spending their time on movies and television now this is a very interesting another very interesting thing that he's saying right because he talks about this generate this generational difference and i don't know if i don't know if i if you know this but the marvels which was the last mcu movie to come out didn't 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 do that well unfortunately because the internet is bad but it's on Disney Plus stuff, so people can go watch it. Anyways, th- that movie, when it, the opening weekend had, I think the one of the lowest percentage of young viewers, right? So I think there was the Gen Z, Gen Alpha kind of group of people who were in that, like who had watched that movie, right? Like it was very, very low comparative to the other Marvel movies, and the fact that you know you can't Disney and Marvel isn't able aren't able to get young people to go out to the movies is a problem, right? And I think they recognize that this is like going to a theater is not the way that younger people and I mean I guess technically I'm saying younger people like I'm not in this group of people, right? Although I'm a crazy person who actually goes to movie theaters for often, although to be fair I haven't gone to a movie theater in like months. I don't think I've gone at all this year, which is kind of crazy. Anyways, not the point. You know, I think he he kind of recognized that people are spending their time on video games, right? People kind of care more about video games than they do about movies, and that's true. And the only way to build a brand is you have to reach people where they are, right? You know, if when it's kind of and I'll, you know, I'll use another example here, but 
you know, when there was this shift where people went from being on like, you know, on YouTube and, and whatever to being on TikTok, right? Like there was a shift in, in where people kind of got their media from, right? You know, there was a shift from Facebook to, to Instagram that that was the change. And, and as demographics kind of go to their new place, you have to have companies fall. Like the only way a company survives is if it can fi- meet people where they are. You can't bring people back to where you are. If, if meta or at the time, Facebook tried to get everyone to stay on Facebook, do you think they would still have any relevance in society? No, of course they wouldn't. The only reason they were able to have success is because they bought Instagram, right? You're seeing this right now with Twitter or X, right? When Elon Musk bought it and kind of, you know, broke it, people were trying to find a way to meet people where they were in terms of trying to lead. You saw threads pop up, right? Which by the way is awesome. I had so much fun with threads recently. I didn't realize how much fun it is. Uh, you had blue sky pop up, right? You had all of these other kind of versions of this, although to be fair to that, none of them actually worked, right? When TikTok blew up, what happened? YouTube shorts happened, right? Instagram reels happened, right? All of these things where these other companies are trying to keep up. And, and now you're seeing, look, Disney's saying, look, no one wants to watch our movies. And by no one, I mean, they can only make $1 billion movie a year instead of three. Oh, no. What are they going to do? And they're like, you know what? We're going to meet people where they are. Fortnite is popular. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go meet people where they are. And we're going to go get involved in this, get into this thing and try to build brands. Because if you could build brands, you can then entice people to go watch a movie right if you could kind of build your brand up people want to kind of do the thing other parts of that right and then if you can get to spend money that's even better and i think so i think as much as there are risks here where you can alienate an audience and you can also fail massively and it could be a massive loss on your part it could also be a huge success and i think that'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with that and how and how they do this because again execution matters here right it's kind of like if you look at a figure skater, right? Or someone, I don't know, or a diver, right? You can do all the flips you want, but if you belly flop in, in, in at the end, is it a good dive? No, no, not really, right? You can do all the cool things you want, but if you can't execute, then who cares, you know? It, all that matters is the end, right? Or gymnastics, right? I, I think that, I don't even know how that one works, but, you know, you could do all the gymnastic things you want, but if you don't end up, you know, land if you fall over you don't land on your feet then what was the point of it right does it matter no everyone's just gonna forget so you know if they want this to be successful they have the tools they are doing the right things kind of from a from what they're talking about and look if they can get someone like me to play a game like fortnite then shout out to them for that because you know I suck at video games. Now, the other part of this I do want to mention is, is and he did, and Bob Iger did mention this, which is they make a lot of money off, you know, selling off their video game rights, right? They did this with Spider-Man and Sony, although I don't know how much of that was volunt, how much of that was willing. And when you're negotiating those Spider-Man rights, it's a very complicated thing because technically Sony owns all, a lot of those rights. But, you know, they said that they've licensed $9 billion in worth of franchises right? Spider-Man was the most successful video game last year, right? Spider-Man 2. So Disney does have success in that regard. Now they're trying to be a little bit more hands-on. The other little thing to note, and I know I'm going on this for like a way too long, but I think that there is this other element of Disney did shut, I think they shut down Disney games 
which was their gaming division. Or if they didn't, they just kind of, you know, just stopped doing things. So it'll be interesting to see if they kind of reactivate their di- their gaming division and kind of, you know, make it more engaging. and Or if they kind of just, you know, if they just kind of, you know, maybe open a new kind of division or do something else with this. I don't even know if they're going to do anything else beyond this. I assume they will because they are, they're talking about this like they want to have skin in the game. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. That That's pretty much it for that part of that. Now... The other thing that Disney said, because again, we're just going to talk more about Disney, because why not? Is they, they announced the Moana 2 that's coming out in November. I don't know if you heard about this one. Now, they are they're still doing the live-action Moana next year, I believe, 2025 or 2026, one of the two. But they are going to be doing a surprise Moana sequel. So the way that this was supposed to work was they were going to do a Disney Plus show for Moana. Then they decided, you know what? No, we're not doing that. They had an open, like they they had an untitled Disney animation spot, like kind of in the calendar for November. And what they decided to put in there was Moana. If you asked me before this, I was like, maybe they'll pull a Moana. Maybe they'll bring, they'll rush Zootopia too, which now we know is coming out in 2020, either 2025 or 2026 or Frozen 3, they'd rush. And for this, so thankfully, I guess they didn't decide to rush any of those. They decided to go with Moana 2 and turn it from a TV show to a movie. This is smart because Moana is very popular and very successful and sequels are good, as Bob Iger has said, said multiple times. Now, there are some concerns with this and also some potentially good things about this. So we'll talk, we'll talk about the concerns first. The director for Moana 2 is going to be Dave Derrick Jr. Now. If that name doesn't sound familiar, you're not alone. So this is the guy who was the storyboard artist for the original film. However, however, he is not he has no directing or writing credits to his name so far. They're bringing someone in who has no directing or writing credits to their name. He storyboarded a lot of Disney movies, Disney animated movies. But he's not directed or written, and he's going to be the director and the writer. So, I don't know. What do you What do you think about that one? Like you said, I think it's just rushed and a cash grab as always. But well, so negative. Wow. Let's uh, Let's see. I mean, so this is the thing. I, I want to push back on that one a little bit because I know people are saying the same kind of thing. So the one counter I have to that, and I'm interested what your response to this is, but they were planning. And they have been planning to ter- make this a TV show instead of doing a sequel, like as a movie. The only change they're really making is they're kind of ma- they're altering the story. And again, this is probably been in production as a movie for a lot longer than we've known because they don't just you, you don't just announce this and say yeah it's coming out this year and we haven't started work on it, right? It's just how much do we as the public know? So I think and I think if you had it as a TV show and then you're like wait a second this is a very good franchise why are we making a TV show? I, I think you absolutely have some level of, you know, again, you have some level of confidence that at least it's been worked on a little bit. I, I don't think it's a cash grab as much as it is an attempt to really, and I think Moana deserves a sequel, right? Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think Moana was, I, I'm assuming you've seen Moana, the first one? Yeah, yeah. So it was a good, mo- to really good movie. I think it's probably one of Disney's better movies, like it. I mean, I guess every Disney princess movie has been really good, but you know, it was, 
I probably the end of the amazing Disney princess movies. I think they had Brian, the last dragon as the, I guess the most recent one. I think it was better than frozen Two, right? Like, I think it was a great movie, obviously not better than the original frozen, which came out, I guess now a while ago, but again, I don't know. I feel like, again, I worry about the fact that you don't have someone who knows how to like, who has any writing or directed credits on their name as the writer slash well, writer and director. But I don't know if it's necessarily cash. Like, I don't know if they, it's going to be a rushed cash grab. I think it's going to be very, it's obviously going to be cash grab, but you know, I think the question is, is it rushed? I don't know. Does that kind of change your opinion on it? Cause they're in the fact that they did kind of do on this work on as a TV show. Well, I'll say this. I am glad that it's not a TV show because Moana is a good movie. Like you said, it is one of the best princess movies. So it's well, nice to see a sequel for it. But again, the fact that he doesn't have any credentials for writing and directing is a little bit iffy, though hopefully it's not rushed. So now I do want to kind of add a little bit to this. So Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is a very, very good at, at what he does, right? You know, by the way, the guy who wrote Hamilton, the musical, he also composed the original songs and kind of put together the original songs for Moana. He is not coming back for the sequel either. They have a brand new team there. They have a brand new person, obviously, helming the directing slash the writing. Now, there's two opinions on this. There's two prevailing opinions on this, and I'm interested about what you, you think about this. But the first opinion is, this is a very good thing for a sequel to kind of start fresh with a whole bunch of new people who are kind of connected to the first one, but not as closely connected. Because what happens, or what the one opinion on what happens is, when you have these people who are very closely connected, then you end up in a situation where they're trying to basically recreate exactly what they did last time. And you get a lot of the sequel fatigue, right? Because there's a lot of times you look at sequels, sequels aren't always as good as the, as the originals, uh, oftentimes, right? It's very rare that a sequel is significantly better or better than the first one because you're always compared to the first one and you're always trying to do exactly what you did that made it work last time, especially when you have kind of an out of nowhere hit. So I think there is some you know, benefit to the fact or potential benefit to the fact that they're going to have new people. They're going to have Emily Bear and Abigail Barlow who don't have a ton of stuff credential wise either from, again, just IMDb searches, but who clearly, you know, were chosen for this for a reason. And, you know, they can kind of bring probably a unique spin on this and not end up in the sequelitis thing. The other side of this is, if it ain't broke, why fix it, right? And if Moana music was very, very, very good, then why even mess with it, right? So, I don't know. What do, what do you think? Which side of that do you think you fall on? Usually, you know, I'm with if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I think for things like movies and artistic things in general, trying new aspects is always good. It's always good to explore and, you know, maybe invent something else, especially for a sequel so that it's not redundant. And it's like, well, this is just a lesser copy of the original. Right. And, and I think it's interesting because, again, what Bob Iger said on Wednesday at the, the investor call was that he the company was going to lean a little bit more back into the sequels and franchises. Right. He said, we're going to put a little bit more emphasis on them. And I think if you look at Disney, they franchises do well. Right. Not only for Disney, but for everyone. I mean. 
you know, people will say, oh, see, it's not a superhero conversation. It's a sequel conversation, which are two different things, right? And I think that needs to be clear. Barbie is a franchise, right? Even before the movie came out, Barbie was a franchise, right? So this idea that like, oh, it's a superhero thing. It's not a superhero thing. It's a business thing. Yes, brands are good for business, right? And people have this idea that brands are bad for business. Brands are not bad for business, right? Coming up with something original doesn't mean you can't have a brand associated with it, right? Barbie, again, is probably the best example of this where despite my misgivings on Barbie, and trust me, I have them, Barbie was a brand and they made something original out of it, right? That's an okay business model. It's not a crime against art for people for a CEO to say, hey, our business model is going to be sequels and franchises of things that work, right? You're doing what works is not a bad business model. It's a great business model. If every, if every business just did what worked and, and did, you know, kind of, and kind of built and built up brands, we'd be in a very different world right now, right? Brands are profitable. That's the reality. Now, he also, Bob Iger also said that Marvel Studios has, which has cut back on its output, is, is, quote, starting to focus on some of its stronger franchises going forward, but, and he said, but I'll leave it at that. I think it's interesting here as well, because we've got another little paradox type thing where people are going to talk about this like, oh my God, they're going to do another Iron Man movie. No, that's not what it means, right? What I want you, everyone to understand here is brands do matter. And I think what we learned this year probably more than anything is even something you know original and by the way oppenheimer just you know just throw that one out there that's an adaptation too that's not even an original thing either because that is based on real events i don't i don't know if you knew that part but war movies are a brand right wars are brands in terms of like how they're used in hollywood Every time they talk, like, you do not, like, anyone who doesn't understand that, go look at the war movies and go tell me that that's not a brand which is recognizable to people, right? And there are people who like that. It, brands don't have to be specifically IP-based, right? They can also be, you know, event-based. So I think when he's talking about fr stronger franchises, I absolutely think that's, again, we act like this, is, this isn't rocket science. We, you, if you want a successful business, then you want brands that work. Right. You, you don't want to do things that aren't going to work. And, and, and Marvel has, you know, brands which are very profitable. We'll talk about one in a minute. They also have brands that have not, or, or kind of franchises, I guess, that have not worked out for them. Right. And you can't force people to like something that doesn't work. You know, you know what studios try to do that? DC has tried to do that. They tried to force something that people didn't want on them. And, and where did that end up? with them they then work out pretty badly for them because they're in the fact that the last you know two attempts to start a universe both ended badly because they forced something on people that they didn't want if people don't go watch a movie there's a reason for that now granted there's sometimes there's reasons are not good but still there are reasons for that and yeah marvel has cut back on its output there's only one marvel movie coming out this year do you know what marvel movie that is no deadpool 3 baby mm. deadpool 3 now, we got a first Deadpool 3 trailer at the Super Bowl or during the Super Bowl. Now, I do have to first of all state, I was really, really hoping that I would be right about this because I was hoping Disney wouldn't be this stupid. But alas, Disney did do something, you know, that we have to talk about. Because again, my New Year's resolution from last year, which is still carrying on to this year, is being less nice to Disney and being more critical of what they do. I'll tell you this. If I were Disney and I have Deadpool, which by the way, Deadpool 
Very, very great brand, right? That's a franchise which is very recognizable. If you show a bunch of strangers on the street a picture of Deadpool, they're going to know exactly who it is. I don't know if anyone would disagree with that. You know, we could we could walk down the street right now and show people pictures of Deadpool. They'll know who he is. It's a recognizable brand. What they did is unfortunate. They paid a ton of money for a Super Bowl ad. They didn't need to do that. They could have. They I and I mean I was saying this. You know, I I was on a podcast. If, for someone a few, a week ago or so at this point, and we were talking about the potential of a Deadpool Super Bowl commercial, and I was like, you know, that Disney doesn't need to do this. They have ABC. March Madness is coming up in March, right? You know, it's the college football or college basketball, sorry, you know, playoffs, whatever. People watch that. ABC owns it. You're gonna, you can get a, you could put a Deadpool spot in there if you want. They might still do that, honestly. I said, if you just released it in the middle of the night, you would probably still get a ton of eyes because again, it's not a brand which needs to be marketed like that. You don't need to pay because Super Bowl ads are very, very expensive, right? They're some of the most, they're probably the most expensive ads ever, like to, just to have, right? This has been true since TV ads were a thing. I was reading something from, I think, I think it was like from, you know, the early nineties and you know, they're talking about how crazy Super Bowl ads were in, in the 90s, right? So that's the, the spot which has not changed, right? Is that game, that Super Bowl ad spot. I do think that, you know, they'd end up doing that despite my advice that they shouldn't do that. I don't know if that was a good move on their part, but they did it and people are talking about Deadpool. So that's good. At least that part of it worked. Um, The trailer was very, very good. I'm going to talk more about it again. And not outside of this space because I understand the audience and also, you know, I don't want to waste too much time talking about kind of the minutia of a trailer. But I think it was a good trailer. I think it kind of shows a lot of promise. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays um, because R-rated movies generally don't play that well box office wise. No, Even Deadpool 1, which was, you know, one of the most profitable R-rated movies ever. Oppenheimer obviously up there as well uh, at number one. You know, Five Nights at Freddy's last year was, I don't, actually, no, I don't think it was an R-rated movie. Then we were talking about that. There was another movie that did well that was R-rated. Anyways, R-rated movies do pretty well. Logan, you know, the Wolverine movie, Wolverine also being in this movie, Logan did pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that because, you know, I don't know what the ceiling on the, that box, that movie box office wise is. And I don't know if it's as high, like, I don't, no, and I don't think that Deadpool 3 can hit a billion dollars. I think the R rating is still too is still too extreme. It's still too much of a barrier when you look at the audience Marvel targets in order to hit a billion dollars. I think if there's anything that gave me a little bit of like potential optimism is the fact that again Oppenheimer was rated R, I think in most places because again that that even that varies from country to country. I do think that that matters. Oppenheimer getting to $900 million and not hitting a billion. I, it also depends on, on Marvel excitement because again, when there's one Marvel movie coming out, you can end up with a situation where it does do really well, or it has a very long run. There are two there. And again, I've talked about this before, but the two keys to hitting a billion dollars are repeat watch and word of mouth. Right. And again, brands help too when with that, but Marvel always had good, does well with the repeat watches. Deadpool will probably be a very heavy repeat watch movie. Hopefully it's able to kind of break that barrier. Obviously with Deadpool 1, by the way, I don't, 
I'm sure you remember this. I'm sure everyone remembers this, but there's a lot of stories about how people were like, oh, Marvel, whatever, going to see a Marvel movie with with like, you know, they're like nine, 10 year old kids and it was Deadpool and that movie's not made for nine or 10 year old kids. So, you know, the other part of Deadpool 3 is that it does look like it's a kind of a, it's kind of being brought back to what Deadpool 1 was, not what Deadpool 2 was because there was a big drop off in Deadpool from Deadpool 1 to Deadpool 2. Because what they did after Deadpool 1 did so well is they kind of said, hey, Ryan Reynolds, here's some more creative control. Here's a director who, you know, kind of has qualifications as an action director, was kind of around the John Wick movies. Here, we're going to make let him be the director, which means we all knew in reality it was going to be the Ryan Reynolds show. Ryan Reynolds, as talented as he is as an actor, needs a director, right? Like, there's a lot of these people who, you know, they think they're great. They're not that good without a good director. The Rock is is another one of those people, right? Who thinks he's like, oh, I could just do whatever I want and people are going to watch. No, that's not really how it works. You can't make great movies if you just kind of wander around on screen acting like yourself. And so I think they've kind of, you know, put him back to an extent in his in his place from a story perspective. The fourth wall breaking from from that trailer was less and was more subtle in in good ways. And, you know, there was a bunch of fun things. It was a funny trailer. The action looks, again, from the very little, it's like a two-minute trailer. It's not that much. From the what we saw, the action looks good. It looks kind of more back to, again, what Deadpool 1 was compared to the, the words I want to use, which I can't use here, but that kind of mess that was Deadpool 2. Again, I love both Deadpool movies, but there there are some substantial quality decreases from 1 to 2. It'll be interesting to see what how they kind of time into the MCU. It looks like they're definitely doing something with the TVA and Loki, so that'll be interesting. But other than that, I mean, uh, the other trailer that came out, which was the big news, was Wicked, or Wicked Part 1, with Ariana Grande as the main character, who I cannot remember, and I, and I deleted the notes for Wicked off, off this page. So, you know, you it's interesting. Have you seen, wait, by the way, have you seen Wicked? Or heard, I mean, I'm sure no, you've heard of Wicked. No, not personally, actually. I'm sure you've heard of it because, you know, the when it was on on Broadway, it was massive, right? Like when it first came out, it was based, it was adapted from a book too, I believe. And also adapted from obviously The Wizard of Oz. So I texted someone who knows, like, you know, is more invested in, in specifically Wicked than I am. And I'll tell you, even the internet reactions were kind of the same. People are very excited about this. And I'm very excited about this too. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to tell you how excited I, I, how good I think this movie is going to be in a very simple thing. So, you know, this year I, I, with a bunch of other people did, we do, we do a fantasy movie league, right? Where we all draft movies based on box office, critics, scores, whatever, and that how we think they're going to go. And then we kind of see who wins. I came in second last year, this year, my second pick, or is it my first, pick? it might be my first pick was, was wicked. So, you know, I definitely think a November release date for this movie is great. It's, I think it's November. I think Ariana Grande is going to be big, a big draw for this movie. You know, scandals aside, I think she is going to be a big draw for this movie. I think maybe the scandal works out better for them. I don't, I don't know. Have you heard of this, this Ariana Grande scandal thing? What's the newest one? So she apparently is the one of her co-stars on Wicked. She had an affair with and basically broke up his marriage uh, in in that process and then released a song kind of saying trying to act like people were hating on her for criticizing her for you know breaking up this marriage by having an affair with the guy and so people are getting mad about that because again it's just kind of she has this 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 is kind of a pattern with her i i guess to some extent where people 
where she kind of does this this kind of thing and she kind of made it seem like again you know committing infidelity or whatever is fine so you know it'll be interesting again when you have press press tours going on with, with the two people and it's interesting it'll be interesting to see how that kind of goes because that's always a fun thing but again i you know i think the brand again you look at a brand you want to know a powerful brand look at the wicked brand that's a very powerful brand and that's a movie that's going to make a ton of money i think it'll probably hit a billion dollars i think it you know there will be original songs which will be nominated for oscars it's coming out right at award season it's perfectly timed it's going to do very well i mean you know, if I had to compare it to something, I mean, you know, could it be the Barbie of this year? Maybe. Who knows? You know, I don't see that as an impossibility. So that was the other trailer. It's a good trailer. I think the only things I would say, and again, these are things which I think are kind of consensus, which is we're st- there's still a wait and see on the musical and, and kind of, again, you know, when you think of, of movie adaptions of, of stage things, you know which one comes to everyone's mind first cats yeah you remember that one yeah i've definitely heard of that one yeah cats so you know there is a way to do it and there's a way to not do it and hopefully they do it the right way and they don't do it the cat's way because that was unfortunate for everyone now i'm gonna try not to get onto a barbie rant here so we're gonna talk about the award season a little bit because we haven't talked about award season i don't think at all which is kind of crazy so the first thing we're gonna talk about is They've announced a new Oscars category for 2026, and it'll be the best casting category. Now, when this was the only thing that we were going to talk about this week, or one of the only things, I had this whole thing of like looking at some of the greatest casting directors ever. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting thing that you'll see. But that'll be for another week because that don't have time for that kind of deep analysis of casting right now. Look, I think the Oscars have needed enough, uh, you know, needed some new energy and i think casting directors is the right way to go is one of the right ways to go you know the other one which would be great if they could stop or one of the two which i think would be great if they would stop ignoring which are stunt performances and motion capture because both of those are very underrated by the oscars and i think absolutely deserve you know more credit than they get i think the fact that there is no best stunt performance at the oscars is almost like is is still one of the most baffling things to to me but yeah i mean you know we got you got casting, which is going to be cool. It does feel like another way to bring in some of these, like, you know, because when we talk about great casting, you know, Marvel really knows how to do that stuff. Sarah Finn and Marvel are going to really, really cook up that category, hopefully. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Again, casting is a weird thing when you look at how is it going to be judged? Because, again, when we, when we ever get back to, when we get back to the kind of, you know, greatest casting directors, I think the thing you'll see is there is a very, there's like a handful of people who really do their job well, but I, if you can't give it the same three or four people every year, the question is, how do you differentiate, right? So it'll be interesting. And yes, yeah, so there's still no mocap. And then the Oscars are coming up in March. Gonna, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'm very angry about them. I've done, I've done a rant already on the Oscars uh, nominations, but I don't think we talked about the Oscar nominations yet here, but if we have, then I'm just going to retread a little bit of it when I say, look, Barbie is going to be win a lot of awards. Oppenheimer is going to win a lot of awards. Should they? Probably not. At least Barbie's case. I think Barbie's a fine movie. I think it was good. I don't think it was great. I don't think a lot of people thought it was a great movie. You know, uh, there are people who loved it, loved it, as there are most people movies, right? Suicide Squad, John Wick, right? People love those movies. Uh, do I think they're Oscar worthy movies? No, not really. 
There's movies that make a lot of money. I think, you know, Infinity War made a lot of money. Do I think it's an Oscar movie? And if I'm being honest, no, not really. There's when I when Black Panther came out and, you know, I would I would often say that Black Panther should, you know, Chadwick Boseman and and, and honestly, you know, Kugler and everyone from that movie deserved acting consideration. Did they get any? No. And do you know what people told me when I said that? They said, hey, you know, the Oscars, they're, they're for the movies that don't get the shine, you know? The, you know, Black Panther got the shine with the box office. So I'm like, okay, that, that's the standard then, you know? We're going to look for movies that don't get shine. Well, I'll tell you, you know what movie's gotten a lot of shine? Barbie. Oppenheimer too, actually. So if, if, you know, we're not trying to reward movies that get the shine because that's not what it's about. It's not about deserving because if it's about deserving, then, you know, Black Panther would have multiple Oscars. The first one, because the first one was uh, immaculate and was, you know, arguably one of the superhero movies ever and, and deserved multiple nominations. Michael B. Jordan absolutely deserved an acting nomination for Black Panther. That There's no question in my mind about that. Coogler probably deserved director that year. But because... We live in this world where it's supposed to be for underappreciated movies. That that's not gonna that didn't happen, and you know now we live in another world at from the, over the last you know five or six years or whatever where that's no longer the case, right? Where that now now apparently it's because Bar it's Barbie. It's it's different. It's different than when it was Black Panther. So it's unfortunate, but it you know it's something we we'll have to live with, and you know it'd be tough, but. Unfortunately, we live in we live in this world, and so we kind of gotta just you know be okay with it. Now, with that being said, I th- I think that's all. I don't think I have anything else really to talk about. If I do, then oh well. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like subscribe. Oh wait, no, that's for the YouTube outro. My brain is broken. Don't forget to comment, rate, review. There you go. And follow us on social media at comicboys underscore. And you can follow CIUT on, on Instagram. And I don't know if they have any other social media, but definitely the Instagram one. And you can also, uh, yeah, subscribe or follow the podcast feed on whatever podcast apps. You can find more of my ramblings and other stuff. Like my, I'm going to do my Oscar predictions and stuff on YouTube that on the CB Media Network YouTube channel. Again, just go to at comicboys underscore on Instagram. You can find everything. Anyways, I will see or I'll talk to everyone at some point, I'm sure. Anyways, that's it. Bye.